This is Writing Excuses, episode 25, The Seven Deadly Sins of Slush Stories. <laughs> Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we are not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. And I'm Nancy. Nancy, our guest star is Nancy Fulda. Introduce yourself to the crowd. Well, I'm Nancy Fulda. I'm the assistant editor at Jim Bain's Universe, which is, to the best of my knowledge, the highest paying market for speculative fiction in the short form. And it's an electronic publication only. It's right? an electronic only publication okay. with pictures, with graphics, with mm -hmm. all the works. It has a very good reputation. I did a cover for them once. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, all right. We're going to talk with Nancy as an acquisitions editor. You do a lot of, essentially what you are is you're the first gate people have to get through before being passed on to the senior editor. Is that correct? Is that how this is working? That's about how that works. Yeah. yeah. You, we've got, you know that Eric Flint and Mike Resnick are doing the main editing. Mm -hmm. And we have a team of slush readers that I kind of head. Okay. They all give their input on the stories, <laughs> and I decide if you get rejected or not. Okay. Um, and all I right. sometimes take their input, and I sometimes ignore it a little bit. Okay. So you get to be head of the slush puppies, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Slush puppies. Is yeah. that an industry term? That's, that's what I've heard <laughs> them called. That before. should be an industry yes. term. Um, all right. So the first thing I want to ask you, um, what gets you rejected? Are there ways you can get rejected before even... Um, you read line one. Can someone? How can someone get rejected without you even reading the first thing? Well, if you write your manuscript in Technicolor, and okay. I have seen this, I, I really don't bother to read it. We got a okay. manuscript once that um, was in blue and green and red with apparently no pattern to the different color allocations. Just, so this was um, electronically submitted? This was an electronic submission with multiple colored fonts and multiple sizes. Wow. So even though you could have just block and copied it someplace and stripped the formatting, why bother? Uh, yeah. If someone's not, I've, I've heard this from lots of editors before. If, if someone looks that much like an amateur, then you're just going to assume that their writing is going to be amateurish as well. Pretty much. I may have read the first line or something, but uh, I wasn't yeah. disappointed. In you weren't my reading the first line in order to read the first line. You're reading the first line in order to say, "Oh my gosh, is this really green and blue and, and red?" And, <laughs> oh my like gosh, that. this is this <laughs> really hurts my eyes. Yeah. This is still hurting my eyes. Um, yeah, I've um, I've heard stories about this before, and it gets different figures get bandied about. But you're different because you read you accept only electronic submissions. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, but a lot of the print magazines they'll say when. They open up a, um, an envelope, and the manuscript inside has not followed their writer's guidelines. Mm -hmm. They just immediately toss it um, because they figure if someone isn't willing to look up their writer's guidelines for the magazine, um, this is actually one of the editors over at FNSF that was saying this, but they're not willing to pay that much attention, then they're not going to be writing on a professional we, level. We actually give people a little more leeway than that, mm -hmm. although I can't think of a single time a story's been improperly formatted that we have then taken it. Okay, so, so that validates their statistics pretty well. What are what are your writer's guides in like five seconds or uh, I guess more than that? Fifteen seconds. Uh, Fifteen seconds 15 long seconds. because you're in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so writer's guides as in yeah. what what is our submission policy? Guidelines. Yeah. Submission guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Submission guidelines for Bain's Universe standard manuscript format as an email attachment. This is for web submissions. Uh -huh. um, there is a complete separate submission process which is. Bain's bar. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys are familiar okay. with that. Web submissions, standard manuscript format, um, there's a submission upload page, mm -hmm. right? So you go to our web page, you find the guidelines, you upload the story, you type your name. Okay. And we so actually give you a tracking number and you can check back every day, five times a day if you want to find out wow. whether your submission has been well, rejected cool. or not. That's better than having to send five postcards a day. That's what I always did. <laughs> <laughs> 
you do realize that those all showed up at once. Yeah, I, that, it was pretty awesome. Um, all right, so um, getting beyond that, those mistakes, what do people do to get them rejected in sentence one? If you mention Klingons, okay. Vulcans, teleporters, or okay. I got this once, Heisenberg coils. I think the person was very, very much trying not to write a Star Trek uh -huh. um, episode, but... Uh, yeah. let, me, let me interrupt here real quick. Um, I bet that some of the people who submitted that stuff actually listen to this podcast. And I need to step in on Nancy's behalf here and say, Nancy, be as specific as you need to be <laughs> to make us laugh and to make us understand the gravity of these mistakes. Because while there's somebody out there who's going to be anonymously embarrassed, we need them to know that they are helping lots of other writers. Now, sometimes it may be that your purpose in life is just be an example to others. <laughs> So. And we can also assume that this was probably a year or so ago, and by now you don't make those mistakes anymore. Yeah, that's right. You've learned. Perfect. You've been listening. Perfect. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. They've been listening they've been to listening. writing excuses. <laughs> they know. They're past that. Yeah. Don't, make, don't send your submissions written in crayon. My orcs do not carry <laughs> Heisenberg coils. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's the Klingons that carry those. <laughs> what um, else? Okay, what anything else? else? Um, Pit, line um, one. Obvious grammar errors, run-on sentences, utter boredom. Okay, um, utter boredom in line one. you got to re work really hard to get I think it's happened once or twice. I, <laughs> I can't recall the exact sentence, but I do recall... layers of passive voice, and you're not sure who's doing what. <laughs> Something like that. Whose wases or wasing whose wases um, was a bear. Okay, what gets you rejected on page one? You say, you've got a little note card here with your seven I, deadly I sins that's, of something that's hard to pronounce. Um, <laughs> why don't you go over those for us? Sure. The seven deadly sins, and I should emphasize these are somewhat personal for me and for Bain's universe because, okay. of course, every editor is a little bit different. Although mm -hmm. I expect most editors will match these pretty closely. Okay. I'll, I'll, I've heard editors mention that before. Sometimes submitting is like a crapshoot because everyone has their own pet peeves. Mm -hmm. And what one editor will say, you absolutely never want to do this. Another one will say, eh. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one editor when I was going to con saying, never submit in Times New Roman. The writer's guidelines say, say courier. <laughs> and another one said, that's stupid. Times New Roman is way easier to read. Submit it in Times. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what's an author to do? Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so let's yeah, have seven. the seven. Okay, the seven. First one is info dumping. Okay. Most people will know what that is, but I'll reiterate real quick. No, no, no. I think our readers have okay. info dumping. Okay, info dumping Please, down. Yeah. Yeah. Info yeah. dumping bad. If you're going to do it, you know, <laughs> slip it in later after I care about the story. The second so don't one... Don't info dump on page one if you have to info dump. Yes. Don't if you must info one. dump, do it later. Okay. Number two, the staff meeting. Okay. So the staff meeting is an info dump that's trying to disguise itself as a conversation okay. between some sort of Maiden chef. Maiden Butler. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. And they Maiden Butler dialogue. It's the Star Trek uh, boardroom. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay, exactly. that's a better thing to call you it know, than Maiden Butler because Maiden Butler is like so 19th century. Well, and it was really surprising to me when I started working for Baines how extremely common this approach is because everybody knows don't info dump. Everybody knows info dumping is not a good idea. So they say, well, we'll just have people talking. If it's dialogue, it's not info dumping. This is, okay, okay, not true. No boardrooms. Okay. Three, incomprehensible action. Everybody hears all the time, start your story in the middle of the action, start where something interesting is happening. People take this advice, they try their very best, and I end up with a gunfight and a shootout, and I don't even know which guy's the good guy and which guy's the bad guy. Okay. Bullets flying. When you say good guy and bad guy, that's so relative these days. You don't know which character you're supposed to care about. Exactly. Yes. Who, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, 
I think we've talked about this in the podcast, that action is very difficult to pull off unless you have rooting interest for yeah. someone in a book. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I always say start, the, start, a, start with motion. It doesn't yeah. have to be an action scene. Yeah. In, in late, out early is a great set of principles, mm-hmm. but if it's incomprehensi- incomprehensible, you came in too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of the best advice I've heard is you start the story where something changes, mm-hmm. um, not in the middle of the gunfight, because that's your yeah. climax, really, mm-hmm. right? And if you start there, aside from the fact that I don't know what's going on, there's also not very many places you can build to to make the story more exciting. Yeah. It's an intro. It's a hook. It's not a climax. This is going to be harder, though, also with short stories, which you're reading, because you, you don't have a chapter to establish character. So it's, it's one of the things I've always found harder with short stories is getting that hook to start in the right place um, because you don't have a lot of lead time, but if you go mm. too far, then it's confusing. Yeah, hooks, hooks are really tricky because mm-hmm. I've seen them all. I've seen all the versions, yeah. and they're really hard to get right. If you hook too hard, mm-hmm. your hook is so interesting that the rest of the story is a complete letdown. Mm. So you actually have to be careful about that too. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Schlock Mercenary, Scrapyard of Insufferable Arrogance, the new Schlock Mercenary book available at store.schlockmercenary.com. We're taking pre-orders right now. The books are $15, but if you want a sketch edition, you can spend $25, and I will personally draw a picture in the back of your book just for you. But that's not all. We've also got a slipcase out now for the first five Schlock Mercenary books. You can buy the slipcase all by itself for $5, or you can buy the whole set, volumes one through five, and the slipcase for an even 100 bucks. And we will throw in the little hypernode fiddly bit activator thingy absolutely free. And if you call in the next two minutes, you get a free set of steak knives. You're providing notes, right? <laughs> Mr. I am not a serial killer. <laughs> they're, they're used steak knives. Yes. <laughs> Stolen from Jordan's uh, cupboard over there. Hey. <laughs> Number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it, in the Baines crowd, we call it naval contemplation. I don't okay. know if that's familiar to you yes. guys or not. Um, we got this one story once, and I was... I was almost bored to tears because the entire world was about to be destroyed and the main character was sitting at a cafe wondering about the meaning of life. And then she was sitting at the cafe wondering whether anything would change after today. And uh, see, I can see you guys are already bored to tears and all I've done is summarize, right? People will ask, why is this not an info? A couple of pages of The Watchmen that were like. (laughs) (laughs) Did you finish it? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, you're going to want to ask what, what is the difference between naval contemplation and info dumping is, mm-hmm. is, and the difference is naval contemplation is completely irrelevant. You could cut it all out and the story would still make sense. Okay. Info dumping is at least somewhat useful in some vague sense. Okay. Number five, white room syndrome. That ought mm-hmm. to be a familiar phrase. Yep. Yeah, talking heads. People walk in, don't give any setting there. It's like they're talking in a oh, white room. Oh, that, yes. Mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned it. We have mentioned it. I just... And you were mm-hmm. still bored from the previous number, so bored that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nancy's hey. talking again. Okay, we need a joke, Howard. Think of one. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, number six, dystopias. This is somewhat of a personal one because I know mm-hmm. lots of people like them, but I really I am dead sick of seeing 
books being regulated, love being forbidden, children raised by machines, everyone gets a disfiguring disease when they're 13. Whatever you can do to make the world be fundamentally wrong, I have probably seen it before, and I don't really want to see it again. Um, again, that's, that's very editor-specific. And this comes back to the concept of every editor has their own thing. Um, because there are probably some editors well, out there who really like the dystopias. I, I know that there are a lot who do. That's why I... But said, that's not yeah. going to get them... That's not going to get us... A, di a good dystopia mm -hmm. isn't going to get the story past you and into... No, into, into Bain, especially not Bane's Universe. We specialize in upbeat. That's our right. thing. Good that, to know. <laughs> yeah, Bane's Universe is all about action, upbeat, happy. There's one concept that really beginning authors really need to get their heads around, and that's that there is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all story. It does not exist. Um, one person's self-indulgent rambling is someone else's literary masterpiece. Mm -hmm. You know, is there a one size doesn't fit anybody story? No, there <laughs> are three there million is. of them. I, okay, good. <laughs> Just making sure. Just making sure. All right, and the seventh sadly, seven of the seven deadly sins of slush stories. Again, this one's a bit personal. Mm -hmm. It's dark and gritty. Some people would call this realistic. I call it dark and gritty. Um, Prison scenes, torture, drugs, everything very depressing. Um, those stories don't work at all for me or for anyone else. And that's in the different from dystopia because the one is a societal backdrop mm -hmm. and the other is a, well, we're going to get right here to the tip into of the, the needle middle, as yeah. it's injected into the eyeball mm -hmm. and the. And again, oh, wait, they're. We're family friendly. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> And again, there are editors who look specifically for that, right? So this, yeah. this, these last two in particular, the dystopic and the dark and gritty, that's pretty much specific to our magazine. Okay. So. All right. And so I, if someone wants to get rejected by you really fast, they should write a dark and gritty story about a man who contemplates his white boardroom in a dystopian world where everyone eats eggs all the time while being tortured during incomprehensible gunfights. And uh, it's in Technicolor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in Technicolor. Yeah, and submit it. And yeah. submit it. Now, that should be our writing point <laughs> oh, Now, one thing I should clarify, uh -huh. not, none of these things are mortal wounds, right? If a right. story excels in other areas and it's necessary for some reason, mm -hmm. of course, of course, you can get past me with any one of these. But by and large, if I see that on the first page of a story, it's not going to get past. And if you hit three of them on page one, it's, it's gone. Out. It's, it's gone. gone. Okay. So now, I, I got to ask, is there a way to actually get into Jim Bain's universe? Because we've, we've heard a lot of ways to not, <laughs> to get, not in. get in. Yeah, what, what do you... We've only What's got a minute and a half. What's the secret password? And a minute and What's a half the secret tells password? them how to get published. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, the first thing you've got to do, you hear it all the time, is revise, revise, revise. And I see, feel that people make have three major areas of a story where they make mistakes when they're revising, and that's the beginning, the middle, and the end. <laughs> <laughs> so revise the whole dang thing because it sucks. <laughs> no, All right, but, no, let's, uh, let's hear the next. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, um, so the other thing I really have to say to authors, especially beginning authors, you hear a lot of don't. You hear a lot of don't do this, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Here's all the rules. When you're just getting started as an author and you're just sort of feeling your way into the field, I really say you should follow your passion. Write the story that you love. Write the story you adore and ignore the fact that it happens to be dystopic or it happens to start with a staff meeting or whatever. Mm -hmm. And write that story the best you can because that's your best bet. Yes, I'm going to go and write my dystopian egg gunfight torture story. 
all happening. And, and then somebody's going to help you revise it so it's not <laughs> quite so dystopic, and so the gunfight is more comprehensible. Mm -hmm. You can keep the egg. Okay, good. You can keep because you you liked the egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. If the egg is what you're passionate about, write the egg. Okay. I really the stories that the stories that get through are the ones where I feel the author caring about it. Now, there's a lot of stories the author cares about that don't get through, um, but if you don't care, it really doesn't have a chance. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Nancy. Um, this has been good information. This has been writing excuses. Do you have a writing prompt, Howard? Um, write something that you're passionate about. About an egg. <laughs> a passionate egg. A passionate oh no, no. <laughs> Those. All right. This is writing excuses. Thanks oh, for listening. Oh dear. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 